7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. I'm in lockdown, Trim. You know, I've got the my attempt of a beard, you know, my bum fluff. Um, but yeah, Frank's been talking about these world title fights. I mean, you've got to corner someone in the ring with me first. And I think a lot of people look at me and probably think, yeah, I can beat him. He don't look in shape. But I'm very fit. I wasn't even out of first gear there. Let me be real. Let me be very real. But I made it that way because I didn't want to make it an exciting fight. No no chance against against a Somba. He's too too strong and too tough and he can find weird angles and he can punch. So forget that. But um, that was a great step stone. I've got my eyes at someone like Muriti Matalani, the IBF champion. Mm-hmm. African, South African, small, hard, comes forward and just grinds her. So not too far away from what Asamba was. So mm-hmm. for me, perfect opponent. I mean, I like Murati a lot and I think he's a hell of a fighter. But at 37, 38, they're the times you start getting them, them yeah. fighters. But um, like I said, I just want any fight. I want the best fights. I can be a nightmare for anyone because I can negate anyone. Like Asamba was really trying to let his hands go and he was just punching thin air most of the time. Mm-hmm. When I was stopping my feet, that's when he was getting a business. But that was my choice. As soon as I went back on move, move and hit him with a jab. I mean, maybe that's why the judges gave a few rounds against me. They thought I was being too negative, maybe. But, you know, we win and we move. So, I mean, that's it. And good evening, everybody. And uh, thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On this evening. My name is Tabiso Musia. Katlecho Mudiba and Timothy produce the show as always. And Sylvester Komane is our technical producer. It is a Boxing Wednesday. That's all we are talking about for the next uh, 54 minutes or so. And that clip that we've opened with, it's an interesting one from uh, British boxer Sunny Edwards, who feels that he is ready for a world title fight against our very own Muruti babyface Imtalane. Uh, Edwards uh, uh, scored a convincing victory against Thomas Asomba from Cameroon uh, recently. He's a 24-year-old British prospect with 19 fights under his belt, 18 wins and one loss. And he's brave enough to call out Muruti Mtalane. I wonder how Muruti feels about that. I've actually, when we saw this clip, I sent it to Muruti Mtalane to get his thoughts. He hasn't responded yet, so we'll find out from him if he does respond. What does he make? Of what um, Edwards is saying here, calling him out already. Is he up for the challenge? Um, we are fully aware also that it is the penultimate round of action in the APSA Premiership. So we will keep you up to date with all the scores because all 16 teams are playing. There's a lot of interest at the top. There's a lot of interest at the bottom. Uh, the last time I checked the scores at half time, uh, it was Kaiser Chiefs 1, a Chipper United 0. And uh, it was Sundowns 2, Bulugwane City 0 at half time of those matches. There's also Super Sport and Baroque. It's 1-1. It was 1-1 at halftime. It was goalless between Arrows and Plum Celtic. Goalless between Maritzbeck and Orlando Pirates. Amazulu were leading Stellenbosch by a goal to nil. And then uh, there was also goalless between the Black Leopards and Bidvest Vets. While Peter Shalulile scored for Highlands Park. They were 1-0 up against Cape Town City the last time that I checked the score. And that moves him up to 15th now. A top goal scorer there, Peter Shalulile. So we'll keep you updated. But tonight on the show, we are continuing our discussion about the way forward for boxing in South Africa over the past few weeks. The CEO resigned and in the next few months, the term of the current board will expire and a new board will need to be appointed. We heard last week from former boxer Nika Kumalo, who has accepted a call to put his name forward for a seat on the board. And I've seen over the past few days that a number of names have been mentioned now so this evening we've invited former 
Boxing South Africa CEO, former boxer trainer, Jack of all trades, Mr. Loiso Omkia, just to give us his thoughts on what should be the next step or the way forward for boxing in South Africa. There have also been uh, calls for boxing to be moved away from the rule of government of parliament and become independent. And a few weeks ago, boxing scribe Mr. Bongani Makasera actually explained to us why parliament took charge of boxing and how the act of 2001 came into effect. So we'll, uh, we'll uh, get more from uh, Mr. Loiso Omkia. We'll just pick Praloid's brain there. Later on the show, we also remember the late Chris the Kid Lamini who passed away a few days ago. He was a highly rated boxer way before our time back in the 70s but I've seen by the tributes that he was certainly a big name and the only reason I know about Chris Lamini is that he's from PE and I've always had the name of the Kid Lamini so sadly he passed away a few weeks a few days ago and we'll try and remember him on the show here and hopefully also we'll speak to JJ Sonjita he's one of the boxers that is not happy after failing to get something from the COVID-19 relief fund so we'll find out why his application was not successful and why he is not happy. If you want to weigh in on any of these conversations this evening, our WhatsApp number for voice notes is 061-4104-107. I'll repeat that slowly, 061-4104-107. There's a new SMS number, 41391. And... uh, well, that's our SMS number, 41391. And you can also call us directly on 0891-104-207. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. So we have been speaking to different stakeholders about what the new board of Boxing South Africa should look like when it is appointed. And a lot of people have put their names forward. And we have on the line former Boxing SACO, Mr. Lois Omkia, just to uh, pick his brain and to get some insight on maybe what is needed in South Africa to take boxing forward. Uh, he's one of the people held in high regard by the boxing community, having been a boxer, uh, a trainer, I mentioned also and an administrator. And he joins us on the line uh, this evening. Lloyd, good evening, sir. And thank you very much for being able to speak to us tonight on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to all your SAFM uh, listeners, and uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for taking our call, Taloid. Firstly, maybe can we just get your thoughts on the resignation of the CEO, Mr. Tsulu Lijaka? Is it a big blow for boxing? What did you make of it? I think it is a big blow for boxing, especially at this stage during this pandemic, when now, after the, the COVID-19 pandemic, then boxing has to pick itself up. And uh, maybe it was uh, um, advisable to have all the people who have been working at this stage to be there when we all start together. But again, boxing being boxing, you cannot say this is uh, the final answer. I think in terms of uh, continuity, yes, it was a blow for boxing. You, you mentioned that during these difficult times of COVID-19, what challenges do you expect boxing to face after, or after COVID-19 or during this pandemic? After COVID-19, uh, boxing is never going to be the same. Yeah. Starting from the behavioral patterns of boxing people, especially the boxers, their managers and trainers, in terms of their training, in terms of their programs, in terms of how they, in fact, uh, carry on with their lives, their boxing lives after the pandemic. Because some of the things that are being picked up now, uh, personally by people, are not going to change again. Number two, when it comes to the finances, uh, fights are not going to be as easy or not really easy as many as they used to be. Because the first thing that a boxer wants is to get into the ring and fight. That is for his skills and uh, at the same time that is also for his finances. We used to be fighting four or five times a year but mm-hmm. that went down. But after the pandemic, 
because also there's going to be no money from government to fund the tournaments. There's going to be far, far less tournaments because a lot of our boxers, a lot of our provinces are dependent on the government to do their development, to get their tournaments going. For instance, why has the um, boxing been so quiet lately, even before the pandemic? It is because the money from government was not coming. Eastern Cape is dependent on government. KZN, Northwest, Limpopo, all those provinces. Then you will have a uh, few, two or three promoters in uh, Gauteng. Then you will have one promoter in the Eastern Cape. You cannot depend on those people. Those, those are the people now that are able to get to, to get money from the private sector. But all of those that depend from government are, 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 are not working at all. They, they are not promoting at all. Now, what is going to happen after the pandemic is that a lot of money has been used by government to fight the pandemic. And I'm telling you now, the government is going to be telling people that the wells are dry. There is no more money to give out to boxing, which means now that... Whatever we do now, we do to prepare for what is going to happen after the pandemic. And do you think boxing will be well prepared for what's going to happen after the the, the pandemic? Or how does boxing prepare itself then? Uh, the only way for boxing to prepare itself, boxing needs two things. Boxing needs money. Boxing needs marketing. And if you get those two together, everything else just follows. But if you say now you need boxing, you need um, money, and you need uh, marketing, advertising, and all of that to, to, to upgrade the economy of boxing, do you think government at this stage is going to be ready for that? No. Where is the answer? The answer is in the private sector. Boxing, the only way to go now at this point is to open the door for, for the private sector to come in and get boxing going. We're going to get back into that. I've made a note of, of, of the private sector, the point that you've made. But how do you look back at the tenure of the previous CEO, Mr. Lijaka? Uh, I think he didn't have enough time. And uh, really, I don't want to get into that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into his, 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 his tenure and uh, the tenure of him and his board and all of that. I think um, that is well beyond me at this stage. I think let's talk about something else. Let's talk about then uh, how important the private sector will be. There were talks, we spoke to Mr. Magasella a few weeks ago, who was saying that boxing needs to move away, maybe from the guide or the rule of parliament, and needs to stand alone. Do you agree with that sentiment? I agree. At the same time, I don't agree. You can never take government away from any sport in South Africa, as long as it is in this country and there is a government in this country, the government is the regulator. You still need your law enforcement. There is nowhere in the world where boxing is not governed by the regulations of the country. In America, for instance, it is a lot of boxing. Is there. A lot of money comes from the private sector, but boxing is still run by the U.S. federal government. At the same time, if you go to the United Kingdom, it is the same thing. And all over the world, that includes South Africa, run by the Department of Sport and Arts and Recreation. You cannot, because whatever you do, you will still need your government locally, 
like municipalities to do the development of boxing. Your gyms, the equipment in your gyms, and all sorts of, of, of those things. And uh, secondly, you will still need your government to do your arenas where you are going to be fighting. Yes, the private sector can be called in there to assist, but it's got to be starting from government. So there is no way that you can get um, boxing going without government. But the main thing now is that government itself must not be taking 100% of boxing. While I'm also saying the private sector cannot take 100% of boxing. It's got to go in a 60-40 or 50-50 way. It is a public-private partnership that will work for boxing. Boxing will need that, and as it gets that now, because, because boxing is a, 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 non, a non-profit organization that depends on government grants, that also depends on uh, donations and sponsorships, that is as far as it goes. Because of that, it does not, it has never had, and at the same time, does not, if it now, and it will not have until it changes a strategic marketing arm that talks the language and meets the expectations of the corporate sector. In order for the corporate sector to come in, then boxing has got to be talking the language that the corporate sector wants. So if you can have both government and corporate sector working together, the government opening the door, the Boxing Act being amended, it has been amended before, Mm -hmm. from 1923 to 1954 to 2001, it has been going on. And I think it is time now at this stage. In fact, it has never been like this. It has never, we have never needed the private sector in boxing as much as we do now. So, so you are saying that boxing has actually benefited from being under the guide of parliament of government? It could have been better. Yes, it has, but it could have been better. Like, for instance, let's talk about my province, the Eastern Cape. It has always been the government that has keeping been keeping boxing going for a long time. Since sponsors left, I only, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed now to call names of sponsors now. No, but go ahead, sponsors. Mm. Okay, since sponsors like Vodacom and before the Vodacom, Oldback, mm. Enerance, King Corn, and all of that, since they parted with boxing, it has been government that has been keeping boxing going in this province. And this province, especially where I am, Buffalo City, Eastern and Danzane, is regarded as the mecca of boxing. Government has been putting the money to make those fights happen. KZN, same thing. Other provinces, like Limpopo, yes, they used to. Free state, they used to, but they have become quiet. I, I can, that's why now I can say government has put our boxing where it had to be, getting our boxing going. But now with government now in the corner, the tight corner that it is in, then we need to get out of that corner. And uh, now the hand that you can look to for help could be the private sector. And what are the disadvantages of boxing being under the guide of, of, of government? Do you understand some that are saying that it must move away? I do understand because 100% of boxing being in the hands of government, it means that the private sector has no way of getting in there. Yes, they mm-hmm. did, because somebody will argue that the sponsors that I just mentioned, your editors and all of that, they were 
doing boxing under the Boxing Act. But the times were different. For instance, if you look at the time there was Olbach and Ellerins and all of that, it was during the op- the, 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 the um, apartheid time. Mm. The agenda was totally different. The apartheid machine was very strong, and it was looking at making every project that is South Africa to to, to, to be up there with the best of the world because South Africa at that time was fighting against the sanctions and all of that. And uh, they had to make it happen. So they came in and made sure. That is why even during that time, the sanctions and all that, a lot of boxers, a lot of artists were still coming to South Africa. Now things have changed. South Africa is no longer now being um, sabotaged or, 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 or boycotted mm. by the rest of the world. But where is the money now? The money now to actually keep the tournaments um, going on is no longer. So what it needs now is for us to look somewhere else. Okay, for those just joining us, we are talking to Mr. Lois Omkia, just getting his thoughts on the way forward on for boxing in South Africa. And this is just his opinion, and that's why we called him to uh, give his insight here, having been an administrator, having been a boxer, and also a, a trainer. And we'll continue this conversation after the break. And I know people are asking me for scores from the football. We'll give you the scores when we come back, when we return from this break. On the viewpoint. Mr. Bantoromis, I would like to ask you, uh, with the corruption cases held at state capture and the corrupted people that are well known, but the NPA does nothing, what can you advise ordinary South Africans to do to stand up to corruption? State capture? Oh, will never be solved unless we educate voters. You heard from a member of the NEC, Nomvulam Konyane, to say, Osasa gave us the money for elections. We used their offices for rallies, for food. Where was that money coming from? Coming from Treasury. This is rotten to the core. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. And for those wanting to weigh in on this conversation with uh, Mr. Lois Omkia, the number for voice notes on WhatsApp is 061-4104-107. If you want to call us, 0891-104-207. And SMS line is a 41391. Let me just give you some of the scores quickly from uh, the football matches. Uh, the one that I can see on TV now is uh, Kaiser Chiefs and uh, Chipper United. It is still 1-0 uh, to Kaiser Chiefs here. They've got a free kick right on the edge of the box and uh, it's 65 minutes played uh, in the other match the uh, sundowns 2 pulukwane city nil amazulu 1 stellenbosch nil still goalless between maritzbeck and orlando pirates and goalless between arrows and celtic 1-1 one, one between supersport and uh, barroca there oh 2-1 two, two, between Sup- Two one to Super Sport now against Barocca, who've been reduced to ten men. Black Leopards are leading Bidvest Vets one nil. Highlands Park also one nil up against Cape Town City. Let's go back to our conversation with Mr. Lloyd Somkia. The Lloyd, the other issue that's been a talking point recently is the board. Uh, the term of this board will expire soon, and a new board then will be put into place. For those not familiar with the process, how does that? How does the term of the board works, and who determines the term? Uh, the term is determined in the act, and uh, the board comes into office through the decision of the minister. The minister has got to be advised, advised by licensees. 
they give him a lot of names, but the final final answer as to who's going to be in the board of no less than four and no more than seven is uh, the minister. But what has been happening is that because uh, the licenses will give him names, naturally, the licensees will always give the minister the names of people who are going to be user-friendly to them. And uh, the most influential people at this stage, uh, up, up to now, have always been the promoters. Promoters who have always had the eye, the ear of the minister. Ministers uh, doing what the promoters wanted because of the influence and the pressure of the promoters. Because a lot of these promoters were connected politically and uh, the minister would be called, the minister would be visited. As a result, in the end, it is the people who the promoters pushed. And that is where now a lot of people became unhappy because a lot of these board members who came into the office of Boxing South Africa were members of the board who were actually pleasing promoters. And when we find that there are seven uh, members of the board, four of them are proxies for a certain promoter. I didn't want to answer your question about um, um, the XCO Lijaga. Mm. But I, 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 let me come into him now, mm-hmm. and because it's just that I feel sorry for him. Mm. That is the main thing. Because the problem you, 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 you find as a member or as, as, as a CEO, I was never a CEO of Boxing FC. I was an acting CEO mm. two times. I was always COO. And you find that since I came into boxing, there was never a CEO who was in good terms with the boxing part. That is why all of them left. And my um, own gathering, when gathering my own thoughts into this whole thing, is that I realized, maybe I knew the wrong, that they never got to know what they were there for. Mm. They thought they were there to serve certain people. That is why I believe that uh, the first thing that's going to happen now in, in, in after selecting the board, the board itself has got to be to be trained because mm-hmm. a lot of them they go in there without any knowledge of their operation, without any knowledge of the of the of the principles of 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 governing an entity like boxing FA. As a result, if a, a CEO now comes in with their own ideas, you find yourself in a clash with a lot of the promoters, which I suspect is what happened with uh, um with uh, with with with, with, with uh, fellow Lichaga. Mm. So which be which brings me now to what I think should be happening. In, after the minister have uh, selected elected the people who are going to be with with the board, the next step is for the minister himself to upgrade the members of the board. Remember that board members in South Africa I think some of the one of the reasons they, they a lot of them are at, in terms of what they have to do is because they are non-executive and uh, are, are put at strategic points but are not able to move from those points. Like for instance, when you get into boxing SA, there are portfolios there. There is the legal portfolio, there is the financial portfolio, there is human rights, there is ratings and sanctions and and so on. But what I found out is that when they get there, a lot of them, they want to be chairperson. All of them want to be chairperson. 
only a few in Northland, the Chairperson. And when they don't get the position of being Chairperson, then they become enemies of the Chairperson. And you find that they make a hell of a lot of things not to work. If they cannot get to be Chairperson, they want to be in the ratings and sanctions. Now, that is the most influential uh, position in the act, in the in the boxing board of boxing ratings and sanctions because you deal directly with the promoters, directly with the managers, directly with the with the boxers, which is where now your influence is puts you in a position to gain a lot of things. That's what is happening. So much now that you find that now those people who are in other positions when it comes to strategizing and say, now, let us strategize. This is the legal part. Now, this is uh, the financial part. What do you know? Never have I had any uh, strategy put forward. And never have I had anybody now meeting after meeting people reporting on how far they have gone in terms of that. You, you, this, this situation now brings you to a point where you actually believe, yes, a lot of people are put in here, but they don't know what they're doing, what they're, what they're supposed to be doing. And now, if, as I believe, you bring on the private sector, you'll be bringing in a real expertise. You'll be bringing in a real professionals. But again, the professionals have got to be there against the professionals that the minister has brought in. There are certain members. That has mm-hmm. got to be there. If now there is a public-private partnership, maybe the four members, four members could come from uh, government, and then three members that talk directly to the corporate sector, that talk directly to business, your finance, your marketing, and your um, finance marketing, and uh, your, 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 your human rights can come from the private sector because now those are the people that know exactly what is happening when it comes now to the corporate world. Then you put those people together so that if a company, maybe say Vodacom comes back and say you are putting money into boxing, they will no longer now be saying we are putting money into boxing but we don't know where it is going. And we have to report to government. They don't have to report to government. They report to themselves. They look at all the pros and cons, and they are able to follow the paper trail of their own money because they have a board member there in that portfolio. And the CEO of Boxing South Africa is also elected by them. That also, the CFO is also elected by them. And then the one in communications and all of that is also elected by the private sector. And then the rest of the board members and stuff like, for instance, coming down from the COO down, the government can come in because that is where the daily running of boxing comes and that is also where the, 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 the day I said the daily running of boxing comes, and that is also where your tournaments and everything are happening. Mm. Which would also mean then that even the provinces now can be in, improved in terms of giving them more power, in terms of also giving them their own budget, in terms of the private, uh, the, 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 the provincial managers having a bigger voice than what they are having now. It could be a better one for boxing, like what was happening during the apartheid time. Because during the apartheid time, all the provinces were independent. All the provinces were run by the provincial managers. We had less Mala here. 
the uh, tape down in Western province as its own person, tape it in, and all of that. And those people had their own budget reporting to the national office. That could happen, but mm. it also it, it needs money. And while it also needs money, it also needs a lot of strategy in terms of marketing. You you mentioned in one of your points an executive board. What is the difference between an executive board and just a normal board? Is it a is it a money issue? One, there is the money issue. The executive board is a, it's a board of directors, executive members that are paid monthly. And that motivates people. And those people have to account. Because if people are paid every month, then those people have got to account. The non-executive people are not paid. They just paid a stipend in terms of meetings they attend and all of that. That is not motivating at all. That is one of the reasons. And at the same time, also the decisions that they make, the decisions that non-executive members can, cannot make, the decisions that can only be made by an executive uh, board in terms of the operations and all of that. Boxing SA needs first to have its board, even if it happens before we go for privatization, but it needs to be upgraded so that they can be in a position to make more strategic decisions than what is happening now. And then you said that um, there have to be nominations and names will be given then to the minister. So does the minister, is, he, is the minister under obligation to choose from those, from those names or can the minister uh, make his own, his or her own decisions? The minister is not forced. The minister considers all of those names. But don't be surprised if the minister comes out with names that never went to his, uh, to, 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 to his table from the licenses. Mm-hmm. The licenses are there to actually put names and advise the minister on this, but the minister is not forced to take all of those people. He also uses his own discretion in terms of the people that he knows, the people that he has. Now, what usually happens there is that he will take people from the departments of government. Two, he will take people with political connections to him or his party, which is where now you will find that a lot of licenses with political political connections will have their people in the board. And those people like it or not, will be serving the people who put them there. So then, is it a fair argument to say that a lot of people have been saying, even last week we had Nika Kumalo, who believes that there should be boxing people on that board? There should be boxing people on that board, but I don't think that Nika is a meta agent, a meta that is like, a, uh, that's the only thing we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Because, we need professionals. We need expertise. If you can be able to get that expertise from preposing people, very good. That is also my dream. I would like one day to have boxing being run by ex-boxing boxers, ex-boxing officials, ex-this and that in boxing. But if at this point we don't have those people, let's look for the people that can do that. Yes, we have, because 
We have people who, who have been boxers. We have professors. We have advocates. We have a lot of people who have been in boxing. I think maybe if that is the, the argument then we can take, then it would be up to us or the minister to say to all people who have been in boxing for a long time and who are educated, because the main thing in this thing is education, experience, expertise in the field. If you can be able to get them from the ex boxer culture, then well and good. But if we cannot get them at this stage, let's get the people who are the right people for the game. I hear a lot of people saying that uh, it does not mean that because you've been in the boxing you can be able to uh, run boxing. That is true. But at the same time, all the people that have been there before a lot of them have never been in boxing. What have they done for boxing? Where is boxing today? They have been in those boards. Graduates have been there, those boards. Double diplomas and everything. They've been there. But what have they done? So I don't believe now it is in the people where they come from. I think it is in the people in terms of their knowledge, their education, their expertise, and the love of the game. Okay, let's take a voice note. That's come through on 061-4104-107 for our guest, former boxing SACOO, Mr. Lois Omja. Good evening, SAFM. Good evening, listeners. Uh, Tabiso, Louisa, good evening to you guys. My name is Andre Taser. I'm from Gauteng. I'm a promoting Gauteng. I just want to find out, we had a current board running, I think, for three years about... Have they done anything for boxing that stands out? Was there anything done or am I missing anything that has been done that I did not see? As far as I know, the board members that were there have done nothing for our boxing, for our promoters, for our boxers at this stage. They can't show us nothing. There is nothing being done and we need to change that. Okay, thanks for that, Andre. That's one of our own here in boxing, uh, Mr. Loisom. Yeah, he wants to know, um, he says the current board has been there for years. What have they done for boxing? Is he asking me? He wants your opinion. It's, it's, it's exactly what I just said. I just said that when people say, because you have been a boxer doesn't mean that you can run boxing. The same goes for the people. We have always been there all these years. We have never been in boxing. We are graduates. We are this and that and that. But where is our boxing today? What have they done for boxing? They haven't done anything for boxing. So this argument that uh, people who have been in boxing cannot, yes, that is true. Some of them can, some of them cannot. But the main thing is get expertise, get professionalism wherever it comes from it can, if it comes from the boxing people yes if it doesn't come from them yes let's have expertise let's have business minds let's have legal minds let's have economic minds let's have everything that will make boxing and most of all let's have development people people who actually know when it says boxing development what does it mean it means female boxing develop. It means up-and-coming boxers, new boxers develop from the amateurs upwards. It means trained boxers to actually know and prepare themselves for life after boxing. It means develop boxing, get boxers fighting. Boxers must be fighting every month and every other month. That is development of boxing and 
you need somebody who actually understands that, not somebody who's going to go into a meeting and smile and do all sorts of things, talking to people, and then the minute he puts his step out of the office, out of the meeting, he's totally forgotten about talking, he will remember again the day they say there is something else. Do do, 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 Do you think it is fair? When you are a CEO or a COO or a staff member, here comes a situation between you in the office or between the office and the promoter or a boxer. You are being taken to court or there is a legal matter. Now you want to respond. You want a legal opinion. You cannot get it. Okay, let's Where just, do you go? Let's take one more call. Um, I believe it's Colin from Cape Town. Good evening, Colin. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> good, to, good to hear from you. Uh, uh, we always had loggerheads, the two of us. Anyway, <laughs> listen here. Do you know our sport, our cricket, our rugby, whatever sport we're involved with, they seem to pick the people that weren't actually professionals. Now, your guest, I agree with him 100%. Now, you can take guys like Tap Tap Maggot. Uh, Magatini mm. and Rose of Soweto, Dingon de Bello, Fulbrecht, and all those guys. Where are they? Why haven't they continued? Or are they actually not asked to continue? Or aren't they allowed to, to take our boxing forward? Those are guys that fought the world champions. Things like that. Where are they today? Okay. Loud and now, clear tell, there. Tell me something. The boxing board now, that we've got now, do they ever sit down and think, you know, we haven't got the knowledge as what those guys have got. Let's bring them aboard, sit down, and get our boxing in order. Okay, loud and clear, Colin. Is there a lack of will or is there will to get former boxers involved at the Lloyd? Uh, That's what uh, Colin is saying. Um. Um, I'm not sure if there is a will or there is no will, but uh, the guys that he's mentioned are are in boxing as trainers. Yeah. Because a lot of our guys who are former boxers are training boxers. Others are well-known. Others are not well-known. A lot of them are in the townships. A lot of them are in the rural areas. They are teaching boys how to fight. But at this point now, we, 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 we are talking about the engine room where the strategy is to keep boxing uh, going, to turn boxing around. And that is where now maybe we say we may lack in terms of us as ex-boxing people. But at the same time, uh, 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 there are names that I can throw around, highly respected, experienced professionals. Who could be called? For instance, you could start by recalling Toby Jamzashe. You can get Kaya Nula to come back into boxing. Those are the people who actually started this work on that we are, we, we, we are on today in the NFC and all of that. We can give guys that, guys that are in South Cork, guys like Kaya Majeke, who are experienced. I'm now, I'm now talking about people that I personally know. There are a lot of people across all the provinces. We have ex-boxers that are professors. Well, uh, Professor Nebuchadnezzar, those people can be called to actually be interviewed and vetted and see if there is anything that they can do in boxing. We have those people across all races in South Africa. We have those people across all genders in South Africa. If we can be able to look and look well, 
we can be able to get people who know boxing from A to Z, the iniquities of boxing, and also will also know in terms of their education and expertise, will also know now and put their expertise into boxing while they know what is meant by seconds out, while they know that what, 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 what is meant by protect yourself at all times. There are people who know all of that, but they are, they are also educated. All that is needed is that those people can be called. In fact, that, is, that, that should be our first step, to get ministers to make sure that he has shouted as much as he can to call those people to come and get themselves counted. If they want to come into boxing, get themselves counted to come into boxing. The next thing would be for the minister to upgrade those people to make sure that the decisions and strategies they put forward will be decisions and strategies that will be um, uh, 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 adhered to and that will be good and excellent for boxing. Then the next step would be for the minister, the minister and those people to actually now be talking to parliament, getting boxing to see what can be done with changing the boxing act around to make sure that the Boxing Act is not abolished, but the Boxing Act is amended to actually open the door for the media to be for, for the, 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 the private sector to be able to come and have room to move with boxing. We can also do that in a convention, mm. but now because we have been having a board like boards like this in the last conventions since I came into boxing in South Africa, I personally organized four conventions and in all those conventions there have been um resolutions not a single resolution was followed and amended do you know the reason why why the reason is because you have all of those resolutions maybe 31 resolutions and when those resolutions come those resolutions fall under each and every a portfolio that I told you about. And the board, the board members are chairpersons of such portfolios. But you find a situation where the resolutions are there, but the board members don't know which part of the resolution is my portfolio. Okay, let's park it there for... Yeah, lots, lots to think about here, yeah, uh, Mr. Loiso Omkia. Thank you very much for your insight. We're going to pack it here, yeah, but we're going to continue this discussion next week because there's already somebody who's gotten in touch that wants to add to this discussion that we are having. They've been listening to you and they're enjoying the conversation, but we just need to move on. But thank you very much for your time uh, tonight, Mr. Loiso Omkia. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. We're going to need to think about this and digest what he said here and see what we can come back with next week. But we want to move right along because there's the issue of the COVID-19 relief fund and some people are not happy, some are happy. Let's find out from a boxer, a JJ Sonji, what is the status of his application. JJ, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Thanks. We well, hope you are well under this uh, lockdown and COVID-19. How has it affected you as a boxer? Uh, basically, everybody was well, ne? Mm. Yo, this thing affected me so badly, but it was... What I mean so badly, but it was... Remember, I'm, I'm promoted by Rumble Africa promotion. Mm. Now, a year, they used to give me three to four fights. You see? Now, those three fights and four fights, they used to, to do so many things with the money they pay me. 
you see. Mm. Now I've been out of the game for like a year now because of this COVID-19. So I was supposed to fight in April on the 26th, but came to coronavirus and then the lockdown, things were shut down. I couldn't fight. Sure. So then there was the COVID-19 relief fund. Were you able to apply and how did it go? I did apply, but it was for the relief fund, no? but I wasn't taken, which is sad thing for me. Sad, sad one. Because now remember, Pratibos, the money I get from Rambo Africa when I fight, mm. I do so many things with the money. Support my family, support my kids, and do so many things. But now, that I've been fought in like a year, and then things are better, Pratibos. And Rambo has been there for me since the lockdown. So then, why was your application not successful? Yes, I don't know actually, Patibos. Some they say I because I'm in Joburg, but remember, Patibos, I'm from Eastern Cape, Duncan Village. First of all, when I when I moved to Joburg, I only moved for a fight and then train and then go back and to fight where in East London, where yes, I'm born. Yes, yes, yes. So I I couldn't understand it clearly. Why is it? so difficult for my municipality to do the relief fund for me. Couldn't understand it at all. And then the reason I'm being rejected as well. Oh, so they're rejecting you because you are you are based in Joburg, even though you are from the Eastern Cape and you usually fight in the Eastern Cape, and you are promoted by a promotion company from the Eastern Cape, and they're saying that you don't belong in the Eastern Cape. Yes, Pratibos, that's what I heard. And pay in mind, Pratibos, I didn't apply for real funding job because I know I'm from Eastern Cape. So I was hurt a lot. And obviously you think you should be qualifying because you're from the Eastern Cape and that's where you fight. Definitely sure, Pratibos. I, I do qualify. I was born in East London, Pratibos. Mm. Duncan Village. So this thing of me being rejected is something else. Yeah, it's it's more like being now I'm being isolated from where I come from. Hmm. Mm, it's a tough one. I wonder how many boxers are in this in a similar boat. Do you know if Rumble is up, is appealing on your behalf? Yes, definitely Rumble is appealing on my behalf. And I'm happy for them that they're doing that for me because they've been there for me particularly since since April. They've been helping me with food and everything. Remember particularly this thing. It took so many things away from us. Mm. So I couldn't get any cash. Mm. Sure, it's a tough one. We're going to have to go back to the MEC in the Eastern Cape and also just confirm with Rumble if they are appealing on JJ's behalf. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Yeah, it is all happening in the APSA Premiership. We will give you some of those scores, but two minutes left in some of the games. Maybe others are finished, but there is so much drama as you would expect in the second last game or the last games of the season. But we do want to pay tribute, though, to one of our own in the boxing community. And uh, we're going to get into that shortly. But let me play a voice note quickly. So the problems in boxing South Africa are not unique to them only. All All sports codes that are small have the same problem where administrators don't know the, the sport that they're in. And then after that, they they take rule because they have some experience. So if Boxing South Africa wants to help itself, the, all these problems should be uprooted in all sports.
that way we're going to have better overall performance in sports. For instance, a sporting facility shouldn't be used for boxing or volleyball or basketball. It should be used for all these postcodes. Monday to Sunday, the, 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 the center must be full. So when there is a, an event for boxing, everyone comes and watches boxing. If there's an event for volleyball, everyone comes and watches volleyball. And in that way, we're going to have a better sporting life. Good one there. Loud and clear. We're going to continue this conversation next week. Please do join us. But uh, we want to pray tribute now to the later Chris Kidd and Lamini. And we joined on the line uh, by Mr. Sakiwa Zamisa just to tell us more about Kid Lamini. Good evening, Mr. Zamisa. And thank you for joining us on SAFM this evening. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Tabiso. And uh, thank you for, for, for having me. We've seen the tributes, we've seen the messages following the passing of Mr. Lamini. Uh, for you as somebody who followed his career very closely, what what have we lost in Chris Lamini? Okay, first of all, uh, uh, Tabiso, condolences to the Lamini family because mm. I know the family and uh, his younger brother, Tumisani, we went to high school together at Cowan. Mm. I also knew the younger brother, Vangelo, was a very brilliant amateur boxer. But coming back to your question, um, in Christopher Kriskid Lamini, we've mm. lost a humble human being. He was an astute professional. He prepared for his fights all the time. You would never see with Chris being, you know, out of condition or not well conditioned. He was a gallant fighter. He was one of those called come forward fighters, mm. you know. His defense was not the greatest, but he was more of an offensive fighter. So we really lost a role model as as light is here that used to follow him, especially in Kwazakele, you know. Mm. He, he, he used to fight from humble beginnings, you know. The club where he trained from called Villain Boxing Club, it was a makeshift boxing club because that Small building belonged to the local clinic, you know, um, or dispensary, as we used to call it in those days. And they, there was barely anything in terms of facilities. But what lacked in terms of facilities, they made up with dedication. I used to watch him doing road work. Mm. He used to run from Kwazakele past the old power station. If you come from the Itabiso, you know the station near Swatkops. Yeah. <laughs> he used to run in heavy boots, paraclava. I used to watch him. I used to admire him. <laughs> he was the most conditioned fighter. When he prepared for his fights, he used to go to all the other clubs. Because I remember he used to be training at Fight Forever in, in, in uh... Daku. And he would go there and have sparring with all, you know. There was such a collaboration between the clubs at that time. Yeah. And is and, there any uh, fight that you it, remember that's memorable to you, having followed his career? There's two two big ones. Mm. Two big ones. The first one, when he fought Mzugis' career. Mm. He lost that fight, but that was one of the best fights we ever saw. Mzugis' career, Mzugis' may his soul rest in peace. The best fight that we ever saw. You know, we were supporting Chris, but... In Zugis's Kweya, we saw another another talent. You know, that was the best fight. Mm. I remember the light went off, and at that time, Chris was at the receiving end of, you know, such punishment from this brilliant guy. Sure. 
Then the second one was his fight with Simon Reza Monamudi. Mm. Unfortunately, that one ended tragically. I think the history will tell you that uh, he subsequently passed on after that fight. Mm. That was a very big fight at the Centenary Hall, and Budkris was at his best at that time. So really, those are the two fights that really stood out for me. And uh, yeah, Budkris was an inspiration, I must say. How would you like him to be remembered? Like I said, I would like him to be remembered as this humble, you know, human being because Ubud Chris was a national champion, but he remained humble. He was never a celebrity. And sadly, Tabiso, you know, for such people that were dedicated during their time and all of the other contemporary boxers, and I, before you came on, you know, I was, I was, I was chatting with Ubud Isma Kaluza and He's the best person who could have described Ubud Chris because they were contemporaries. Mm. But Ubud Chris was a humble human being. He was down to earth, even being a national champion, never got into his head. But sadly, and I was listening to you talking to Ubraloy, mm. in the terms of the state of boxing at the time, Ubud Chris never had anything to show for it in terms of monetary issues and wealth, you know. And he remained that humble, you know, human being and the a simple person, but he still loved his boxing. Okay, wonderful tribute there, Mr. Sakiwa Zamisa. Thank you for joining us and just to pay tribute to Chris Akidilamini. We actually did uh, try to get Mr. Isma Kaluza on the line, but he can't join us this evening, but he's agreed to speak to us uh, next week. So we'll speak to Mr. Isma Kaluza next week. Full time in most of the games. I know people want to know what happened with Sundowns and Kaiser Chiefs. Kaiser Chiefs won, Chipper United nil. The talking point is that Chipa Phil, they had a legitimate goal disallowed there uh, for a foul on Itumel and Kune. Uh, so that's going to be a talking point for the next couple of hours. But also Chipa ended up playing the match with nine men. Nine men, but Chiefs won 1-0. And then Sundowns won 3-0 against Pulukwane City. So we're still on the same number of points now. Both teams on 56 with one game left this season. And it'll go down to goal difference. And Sundowns have cut it down to three. If they both win their last games, it'll go down to goal difference. Just quickly, some of the other results. Pirates scoring late in their game against Marisbeck to win 1-0. I think it was Gabadinho Mango with the goal. Supersport thrashing Barroca by four goals to one. 0-0 between Arrows and Celtic. And uh, also 1-1 one, one between Stelis and Amazulu and who else? Black Leopards beating Vets by a goal to nil and uh, it was 1-0 to Highlands Park the last time I checked against Cape Town City. And we've also got a message here from somebody who says the relief fund is where you are licensed. If you're licensed in Gauteng, you apply in Gauteng. Same with the Eastern Cape. It's not where you fight or who your promoter is. Uh, this is just for provincial. Okay, but the Rumble Africa have confirmed to us that they will be appealing uh, JJ Sonjita and their other boxers. I would think Azinga is also on the same boat. They will appeal then those unsuccessful applications. We really have to leave it there, folks. We're back tomorrow.